0: All right, welcome back to episode five of Drunken Tennis Talks. It is 1 a.m., definitely drunk. Madrid coming on in four hours. Madrid round three, round of 16. Mostly, actually, uh, only a couple seeds. There are actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight non-seeds, eight seeded players. Pretty split, pretty tough betting. How's everyone doing today? You got Billiam, and you got Bogard.
1: Beauregard. So, and let me just say, Hallo, ein meine deutschen Freunde, to all our German friends, because we, we see who listens, and we see that we have a lot of German um, listeners, which is amazing. We love it. I'm actually part German, so thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Tell your friends
0: about us. Ja, yeah. ich bin Will. Ich bin Will. Ich bin Bogard. Anyhow, so, big matches tomorrow. There are quite a few. So, as we said, we're in the third round of Madrid. But before we go into the big matches tomorrow, we will talk about some of the upsets we've had uh, to start. Uh, well, today, exciting news, really. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the 17-year-old who turned 18 today. played Rafa. He played Rafa. Uh, you know, he showed some promise, but he basically got destroyed. It's just amazing by- that you
1: can play Unbelievable! I mean, he played—he played really a pretty flawless match for his points, for his current level, several and he got points. annihilated.
0: Yep. Uh, another big one, uh, Yannick Sinner, the other young guy, upset by Paparin. Yep. Uh, the way Sinner's been playing, that was pretty shocking. Um,
1: Absolutely. I mean, Sinner right. is arguably the second or third hottest player on the tour, besides Rublev and, and to others. To, uh, uh, to not really bring it or show up you know, in a tournament of this magnitude, it was a little shocking. I don't, I, it, it doesn't worry me. No. I, I think that he's still gold, especially from a betting point of view. Well, I For, think
0: Clay is his weaker surface, not bad, but just weaker. Which um, is, which is,
1: you know, kind of surprising coming from, uh, from Italy, but
0: he did play a lot of indoors growing up. You know, he, he plays a quicker game, so. So uh another uh interesting point, Charger Evans, uh into the third round again at a Masters 1000, Uh doing well. Uh came through big today. I'm kicking myself because I actually originally picked him to the third round, uh, and I backed out like a pussy. Yeah. I ended up picking Hubi Herkax to get the third round, he ended up losing to Milman, and then Milman losing to Dan Evans in three sets. Um another one that really fucked me was Kanish Corey. Uh coming through big against hatchnov yesterday. Mm-hmm. Losing to Zverev today easy. He must have just been toast. He must have been dead. I don't know. But uh, I don't know how at that level you're so dead for
1: like another it, tennis match like the day after. Like he's two out of three. I know, yeah. I, so. I just
0: I think that's kind
1: of indicative of where Nish scores at in his career. I think he's gonna have he's, he's gonna, gonna continue to have big wins. He's gonna continue making like, you know, third rounds and quarterfinals, but I don't think he's a real contender for for any tournament, you know, unless it's like a two fifty, maybe a five hundred. And yeah. these
0: big draws, he's playing two good of players. These guys are all good. Yeah, he's playing all basically top 25 players, top 30 players almost every round. Yeah. Um, yep. Another good thing to see back, uh, Dominic team, my boy Dom. Dominic! Uh, one of my favorite players, uh, been my favorite since like 2015. I- I've been a real fan for a long time, since he was like 18. Yeah. Uh, He uh, has been out for three, two months, I think, almost three months. Hadn't hadn't played since early March. He hasn't played since he lost third round at Dubai uh, in three sets, hurt his toe on the hard Mm courts. or no, it was, it was it was first round actually to Lloyd Harris. At Dubai. First round, yeah. Yep, it was and after he lost. Lloyd lo- Harris ended up making the final. He had lost, I think, in three sets to Batista in the semis of Doha. Yeah. And he looks pretty good at that tournament, and uh, he lost in three sets. Then came out flat against Lloyd Harris. Apparently got injured. Yeah. Came back today and had a very uh, favorable first match back against Marcus Giron, just a lower echelon of a, of a player, uh, been him one and three comfortably. And now he'll play Demonar, which actually is a pretty good third round match too, especially on clay. Good matchup. Demon R. I love Demon as well. Uh, Demon, Demon's a great fighter, but I think team's power should, should overcome that. It's a
1: good match. I mean, I mean team's going to be a bit rusty, you would think. Demon's um,
0: going to put the ball in play. And Demon, Demon just loves grinding. He's yeah. playing on the right play. Next, we got shocker. Isner beating Batista Gu in Batista Gu's uh, home place. 7-6 in the third. Pretty uh, interesting match. I mean, Isner was actually winning baseline points, which was shocking. Um, there were quite a few breaks even. In the third set, Isner was up a break, lost the break, then ended up winning in a tie break. Pretty shocking. Now he'll face Rublev, which you just you just never know how Rublev will handle that serve. Um, yeah. I that,
1: can see i can see Rublev having a little bit of uh, trouble with Isner. Just yeah. Rublev, if there's one knock on his game, it's just, he's not the most consistent returner. Because he goes big. He takes too big a well, cut. He goes big. and You can't and take a huge cut against John Surf. You, you got to put, put it in play. play. Yeah. And then hope you beat him from the baseline. Within those first four or five balls, so. Yep. Uh, so, so John, John's you know getting through getting through Bautista, that could he could be a little he's not going to win the tournament I don't think, but he could be a dark horse to make a quarter or a semi for sure.
0: Yeah, especially if he comes through against Rublev and then he plays yeah. a rusty team, who doesn't have the best return in general. Um, if you want, if you want to put an upset in a
1: parlay. Isner's not yeah, if, a bad play. Yeah, if you're, if not you, a bad play.
0: if you have a Rafa Zverev quarters and you think that's a Rafa sure thing, yeah. you should partner that with maybe an Isner versus team if that matchup happens. Or even if you
1: do um, like a DraftKings or something where it's it's lineup based but the score matters not necessarily the only thing that doesn't matter is you know the outcome. Okay. I think the score could be very close. Okay.
0: You, you could All benefit
1: from betting because he has a great
0: chance of winning too match. He's a great player. Yep, and, uh, you know, I, I, see, I see Rafa getting through this top half. I mean, the, the, the players that could scare him would, would typically, in our, our eyes, would have been Rublev or Team, but uh, Rublev did it recently. I don't see him doing it twice in one, se- one click over season. Team is a little bit rusty, so I'm not sure I see that either. Unless he he really is looking hot over the next match or two,
1: could be a really uh-huh. interesting matchup though. Provide you know if, if Rafa and, um, Zveria both get through their next round, yeah. is playing pretty good. For the, this for, week. for I mean he's kind of week by week. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that I used to love. He wins on Pecco, and, and then him, and then, then he And then you the know he, he's a total douchebag in the media, and he you know there's accusations that he beats. His his girlfriend like, he's all over the place.
0: You know, he's they all over the place, those, and those, you know that's
1: that that's all he said. She said so. You know I'm not going to judge someone based on something that's you know unfounded in fact. But you know I, I think he's got some drama. He's bringing
0: some drama to tennis. You know, it, it, hey, they need that sometimes.
1: You know? Almost like, every great player along the road, you know, with the exception of Federer, which I still contend. Federer is my favorite player of all time. I think that at some point. Somebody has to try to to say that he did this or he did that. He can't be that perfect. He can't be. Same with Mir- Mirka. Same, same with Rafa. Mirka's a real nice lady. Rafa's been perfect as well. You
0: know, maybe even fed. You know, we're dating. Who you knows? So. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a real conspiracy. said I don't want to get into that. I've been very lucky to be
1: in certain circles and be close to professional players on the coaching side of tennis and. Those days are behind me, but I've been very close to people, and I've seen the way that people act in the player's lounge, you know, in the hallways, you know, passing by each other. Fed, he, he's too perfect. You, you, you just can't be that perfect. Nobody's that perfect. Nobody. Maybe may be Fed's and, Mr. Perfect. And I hope, I hope he's that perfect.
0: I hope he proves me wrong. But I think at some point something's got to come out. Yeah, well, you know, King Fed is uh, will always be one of the kings of tennis, but right now we have a revolution among us. King Aslan Karatsev, Hail King Aslan. He is another top 10 win. Uh, he is into another third round of Masters 1000. He's really backing up this year well. And not to mention, his third round match is against another non-seeded player, Bublik I think he wins that easy straight. Just a, just a classic example of play whoever the
1: fucks in front of you. Yeah. Like you can't control the draw. You can't. Yeah. You, you might have a tough first round. You might have a tough quarterfinal. It doesn't matter. I mean, and I'm, he just plays the dude in front of him, and he annihilates people. He doesn't just beat them. He he is like, I, and and I'm not saying this, you know, in a in an ironic sense. It's like he's not Djokovic. No one will ever be Djokovic ever again, because he's the most dominant consistent tennis player I think that's ever lived as far as his consistent level year by year through his career but Karatsev has like this Djokovic moxie to him where he hits the absolute shit out of the ball Takes every it early. time it takes and it not early. everybody does that and he takes it early, he takes time away from his opponents and he does it consistently he's backed it up, he's 27
0: years old his emotion is uh, very good as well, he's going be 28 game. this year the guy's having his breakthrough. I love that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, there's not there's not that many guys nowadays. You
1: know, it's all about the Shapovalovs and the and the Ojeda seems the it's, people that don't like to put the ball. Yeah, the guys, everyone wants like to put the ball in the court. And listen, I get it. I love the next gym because those are the guys we're going to be talking about in for the next 10 years. 10, at least ten years, and we have to get familiar with them. We want them to succeed. We want them to put tennis in a good place. But I, there's some of these guys like Karatsev. And like Bublik's young, even, but there's guys like Bublik who, even though he's young, he's been around for a few years, like yeah. having iffy results, and now he's kind of starting to break through. Dan Evans is kind of a journeyman who, you know, he had his problems. You know, Charger Evans, he uh, charged, he up, loved a little,
0: but he, you know these guys are coming good. Yeah, and I think oh, that's great for tennis. It is. I mean, it shows that uh, you know hard work can bring you back. I used to joke that
1: you know Charger Evans, even before his, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, his uh, his transgressions. Um, I used to joke that he's like the greatest club tennis player of all time. He's like a dude that you rock up to your, nor- your your country club and he and he's just beating the shit out of everybody, slicing the ball and fucking
0: hacking forehands. Like it's not pretty, but then in the end result, he's beating guys. He's beating really good players. Yeah, he really is. Um, and I will forever be behind uh, Aslan Karatsev after. I made the bold decision. I picked him to win Belgrade. Unfortunately, yeah. he did end up losing 7-6 to 30 But I made the bold decision to have him beat Djokovic in the semis. And he did it on Djokovic's home court. It was awesome. I mean, I like Djokovic. I'm a big fan where most people aren't necessarily. But, I, you know, I just still respect the shot of him. That's uh, a match, I think,
1: where everyone was kind of like, let's see what Karatev's got. And, uh, yeah,
0: Karatev did it. So I'll forever like him. I've al- I liked him before that. But I, I will forever like him now after uh, being proved right. And we're um, both we're both
1: kind of nerds too. We you know we pay attention to the, the challengers and and certain futures. To him, Karatsev had an unbelievable finish to last year, yeah, which won, was which you know with with COVID and everything, it's tough because you know guys didn't necessarily know their their schedule. They didn't know their practice schedule, especially when they got to
0: tournaments. The dude won what like. Four or five challengers to finish the year. He won three, and he lost in one final to Al on clay in three sets. So, oh yeah, the Czech well, I mean, it's that's outrageous. Well, Pe- people sleep on these guys and
1: challengers. These guys are way good enough to beat not just not just guys you know one hundred to fifty. They're way good enough to beat guys fifty
0: to. Number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, King Aslan needs a statue. Uh, last thing I'll say about him, one conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he really, you know, one conspiracy theory that I'll, I'll expand on is he comes from a lab. And uh, Putin saw uh, Khachanov falling off, uh, you know, not doing as well. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, all right, well, he, if he's going to fall out of the top 20, top 30, we need to unleash someone else to take his place. And here comes Karatsev out of the, the, you know, the woodworks of Siberia. He's and, from the uh, rough... Part of Russia, rough. So here he comes, uh, moving down. Kasper Ruud losing only eight games through the first two rounds, just wiping through Felix auger who really just doesn't enjoy putting the ball in the court. I, I don't understand it. Casper uh, beat him one and four, and then he, he got you know then he got the lucky loser uh, Nishioka, who took Cameron Norrie's place. Who just got to the finals uh, in. Uh, Estoril, who lost 7-6 in the third in the final. So Cam Nori uh, backed out of this. Nishioka took his place as a lucky loser and actually beat Kranovic in straights, which really, you know, that, that upset me. I picked Kranovic to win that. Uh, Nishioka got the second round and just got absolutely romped by Kaspar Rude, who's had a pretty good year so far. Kasper's
1: a super... He shouldn't be, but he is, like, a super dark horse in every clay court event that he plays. He's never going to be the one seed... But he's always a dude that you don't want to see.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I could see. I don't know that I could ever see him winning the French, but I could see him getting to the semis Making more it. than once. Oh, absolutely. Especially over the next, you know, especially once Nadal's out of the, out of the picture, and Djokovic out of the picture. I yep. could see him being, you know, the you know top three, top four, clicker player each year. I don't like determining um, um, people's fates, but I think he's kind of like a a poor man's team. Like he
1: he is, he's got the two-handed backhand, which you know is a bit it's consistent but it's a bit of a liability because he can't really use it he plays it.
0: similar to Ferrero, in my opinion
1: yeah he just doesn't have enough weapons yeah. I like him as a player a lot he's going to beat a lot of good players just because he's
0: he's so steady so tough but he's what do you think his odds are against Sitsipas? do you think he gets a set or do you think it's, he loses in the I mean I think he can beat Sitsipas,
1: Sitsipas if if Sitsipas is a little off Right. But I think he's, hes again, like what I'm, I'm saying, I, I just don't think that he's one of those guys, unless those top guys are off, I don't think he can beat them, not just consistently, I don't think he can beat them at all. I think if Sitsipas plays at least like 80% of his top level, it's going to be a really routine match. Like a three and four. Yeah,
0: yeah it should be straight sets. Right. Well, next we got Bertini, who is my dark horse of this week. I have Berrettini making it to the finals. I have him... Beating Del Bonus, well, I, I had Del Bonus actually losing first round. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, anyways, he plays Del Bonus. I've been winning that. And then I have him beating Medvedev in the quarters, which I think is extremely reasonable. And then I have him beating Sisipas in the semis and then losing a the raff in the finals. So I'm very high on Bertini right now. He had a great week last week coming back from an injury. Uh, so he has Del Bonus, which is a very favorable uh, third round match. Del Bonus is a good clay court player as well. Um, he's had two good wins in a row and three, or no. Ramos also you know, a straight sense, but he's had two yeah. good wins in a row uh, against two Spaniards uh, that are very good on clay. So it might be a little tricky for Berrettini, but I see him coming through that. You know, three and six, even two and, two and five. You know, I don't know. You know, one one routine set and then one very yeah. close set. Even coming back
1: from an injury, I think this is just a good chance for not just this event, but going forward for Berrettini to kind of assert himself. Uh, you Keep know, in himself the top, in, in the top, top ten. 10. Yeah, he, tennis, he broke like, the
0: top ten uh, a year ago or so, right before COVID, yep. and he's he's maintained it because of the protected rankings. I think he's going to keep it this year. I think he's. I think he's so, I think he's legit. I think
1: he's someone we're going to see years and years from now contending for Grand Slams, especially when that it's really a big two, Rafa and 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 Djokovic kind of phase out or their level starts to drop, which yet to be seen. Right, but I, th- I think, you know, the older those guys get, I think the Berrettinis, the Sitsipasas, um, even guys like Zverev, I think they're going to have unbelievable
0: chances to win Grand Slams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lastly, we have the man who hates clay courts. Uh, he hates clay. He reminds me of a Marat Safin, uh, mentally not his game at all, but Medvedev, uh, one of my favorite players as well, um, playing Christian the one of the clay court specialists who has been a little... Been underperforming this year a little bit. I think he might have won a title, a small 250 maybe. Yeah. Um,
1: but In South America. But otherwi-
0: otherwise, otherwise, he's actually underperformed this year. Um, you know, getting into the third round here. You know, I think he has a good chance to beat Medvedev on clay, but I, I didn't think it. I think Medvedev beating him. I've, I think that
1: it's it's been too commonplace recently to make excuses for certain players on certain surfaces. You know, I mean, it makes it makes sense. You know, you've got guys who are super dominant. You've got, you know, even team. Team is unbelievable on clay. Like, almost any player is not expected to win against him unless it's Rafa. And Rafa has also, you know, done what he's done on clay. And then you had Roger on grass. You've got certain guys that are associated with certain surfaces. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to get back to... You know, not necessarily get back to it because Djokovic has done it. Djokovic has been consistent on every surface. Like, his
0: game wins no matter what. The only what. reason he doesn't have as many titles on clay is due to Rafa. Exactly. But he still has many titles on like, clay. Like, I think a guy like Medvedev needs to not necessarily
1: tap into the game of Novak because they don't play anything. Like, they're not similar
0: whatsoever. They're like. They both, they both, they both, uh, they yeah, both it, put tons of balls in play. Yeah, I was going to say, they're both, they're both kind of counterpunchers at heart, but different court position. Right, rush. like, We're you know, choosing.
1: Novak is deceivingly heavy with his ball. Like, people don't understand how heavy his ball is. Well, just so is.
0: early, Medvedev stands back a bit.
1: Medvedev's, like, you know, 10, 12 feet behind the baseline on play, hitting flat. Yeah. You know, at nice. some point, like, I know his coach is amazing, but at what point do you kind of, like, try to tweak? Because the clay court season is, like, an entire third of the year. You know, he can't just make his money. I mean, he's going to make plenty of money on hard courts. And, and I think his game translates pretty well to grass, even though the results haven't showed it. I think he has to stop making excuses and stop being a little bitch about playing on clay and kind of embrace the challenge of understanding that his game is actually not that bad for clay if he just takes two or, three, two or three feet in from where he's at now. The difference between 12 and 9, 8 feet from the baseline,
0: is huge. Well, I think today was a good breakthrough. Uh, Davidovich has been one of the hottest players this year. and not necessarily in the bigger tournaments mm-hmm. like this, but he's been making it to the quarters and semis of basically majority of these 250 events. Sure. Um, he's had a good year, and and he had a good 2020 as well. He got to I think the round of 16 of a major for the first time mm-hmm. last US Open. He's really coming on strong, yeah, and he's is, a, is a good clay court player. So you know, this was a great win for him on clay. While, you know, I, I think Medvedev is expected to win that match nine out of ten times on hardcores. But on clay, we really didn't know. We didn't know. And but that yeah. kind of goes
1: back to my point. Like, I think that regardless of surface,
0: Medvedev, a should, should, Medvedev
1: should always beat Davidovich Players Vizpokino. that are not in the top. Always. 10. And, like, Davidovich Prokina is an unbelievable clay quarter. You know, he's Spanish, so he, he understands the clay court game. But Medvedev is Medvedev. Like he's a top three player in the world based on his his results. He's right been to in the last he's been to two major
0: finals. He's been to three two or three semis. Um, he's won a thousand event maybe two. Yeah. Did he win two? He won Cincy and did he win Shanghai? Yeah, I think he's won two. Yeah, I, think I think he, he won Shanghai. Shanghai. Yeah, I think he won Cincy and Shanghai. Yeah. Um, so. But I, I think that's also where kind of like the
1: the old guard, you know, the Rogers, the Rafas, the Djokovic's, even the Murrays, like we we obviously, I think, take their results for granted because it was so consistent, you know, week in, week out. It was always those four guys, you know, at least in the quarters and usually in the semis of every tournament. Mm-hmm. And then you have a few guys like the Potro when he's healthy who could contend and this and that. But I think we just have to stop making excuses. It, it's more about like, I think we respected too much what these older guys have done, and the younger guys were like too intimidated by it. Right, they, it was, they put too much respect on it too. I think so. I, I think that they thought like in their minds like that it, it wasn't like repeatable, like someone else couldn't do that.
0: It wasn't normal.
1: Right, which, and don't get me wrong, Like I mean it's, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable what those guys have done, and I don't think we're ever gonna see it on that scale between three guys ever again in the same era.
0: Yeah, but I agree. yeah,
1: I don't know that we will, but but I just like and and I, mm-hmm. I kind of touched on it earlier. I think Sitsipas, I used to I used to hate on him a little bit, especially like two years ago when he was first coming up. You know, he was young, but I just didn't think his game translated that well to beat those top guys. I watched him play. I'm super happy to admit that I was totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think he's incredible for tennis. He's incredible for the brand of tennis. You know he's a little like out there. He speaks a bunch of different languages, kind of like Djokovic, but he's more approachable than a Djokovic. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's got his YouTube channel. He's like, he's very with the times. Yeah. But but he also is like, he's gritty. Like he really wants to be the best player in the world right now. He doesn't care that Djokovic and Nadal are still playing. He wants to be the best player right now. Yeah. Even from guys like Team and and a few of these other guys, I, I never got that sense that they really believed that. They have the level or the capability to dethrone. Them. Right. I get the sense that Sitsipas doesn't give a shit. I,
0: I think the team had that belief for a year and uh, and then I think it just it, something happened, it, it got taken away. He lost a few close matches and he then he just kind of became complacent. Here's a crazy question.
1: You you can't like I'm not knocking it whatsoever because he still won a grand slam. So team won the US Open. Do you think that him winning that U.S. Open in the manner that he did, you know, Djokovic obviously was disqualified, Federer didn't play, didn't Nadal play. was like, eh, you know, he. do you think that in the long run, that's going to help him or discourage him? Because he still won a Grand Slam. Like, you can never take that away from him. But... but if, like, say I, if it, think
0: it, I think it fucks them a little bit mentally because he now is a little... He, I think he did become a little complacent in the sense like, oh, at least I won a Grand Slam now. Uh, got the monkey off his back. He got, but but I think that could hurt... I think it could hurt him a little bit for now in the sense where even though he didn't beat Rafa Djokovic in that mm-hmm. tournament, he does, in the back of his mind, his conscience, he's like, oh, I still won a major while they're active. Right. Um... So I think you could hurt him now in the short run, but I, do, I don't I do think it'll affect him whenever they're done. And, and he's like 32. Yeah. And now that players are playing in their prime till so they're 35, 37, mm-hmm. I think he's still- Because I think he's
1: also gonna be one of those guys. I think he's gonna be extremely successful well into his 30s.
0: Yeah, I think he's gonna still be contending, especially for French Opens mm-hmm. uh, into his mid 30s. Um, and I think he's gonna get a few. I think he's gonna win the French. Uh, within uh, two or I, two or three times. I, I think he's I would gonna think. I think he's gonna win the French within two times of when Rafa's done. I just hope because I mean I think
1: you and I think he is probably our favorite player outside of the, the, the
0: he's big, also he's like exactly our age which uh, you know
1: because for me I mean Murray used to be my favorite player. I I kind of identified him with him as a player and you know, which made no sense because I'm six foot four and you know, I should have had a huge serve, but I was a fucking counterpuncher. But I, I think that it's very important for a team to win at least one Grand Slam where, you know, Rogers kind of phased out. He's not really a threat anymore. I don't think it majors. I don't think he, he's, he's just finally reached that point where I don't think he's going to contend. But I, I think he has to win at least one major. Even if it's the last major he gets, where he he either beat beats Djokovic or beats Nadal to win the title, I think he needs that for his career, because looking looking at his, you know, he's an, a fantastic player, but you know, Del Potro's U.S. Open, he beat Federer in his prime. Yeah. Like, there's guys that also have won. Or even a couple grand well, slams. Wawrinka has beaten Djokovic
0: oh. twice and Wawrinka,
1: for me is the greatest player to only win three grand slams ever. Better than Murray? Ever. I think he's better than Murray. I really He is no Masters 1000s. Right? He is well, I mean, he, that that's a that's a separate argument. That's that's more about like the the consistency of the player through the year. You're just been impressive those three grand slams because he like almost I think with the exception of one he had a pretty favorable draw but those grand slams he had to beat at least
0: two of those guys well, to beat, get the title. Rafa in the finals once Rafa I think was a little bit injured yep. but uh, he beat Djokovic uh in the finals twice. In the finals twice. Yeah.
1: And I think when we look back on the history of this generation I do believe that Djokovic is going to have the most grand slams. Yeah. I think that he I mean he's he's so close already I I can't conceivably seeing him see him not I mean, having I mean, the, the most I he, think could, it, he could realistically win like
0: 25. I, I personally still think Rafa, if he's healthy, could win five more as well. I think Rafa could easily get four more Frenches, three, four more Frenches, and maybe one other. Totally dependent on his health. It is. Which...
1: And if he takes the Federer route that Federer's done the last few years, you know, into his late 30s, you know, like skipping entire seasons, like okay. Federer skipping the play season, obviously the doll's not going to skip the play season, but he may skip, like, the beginning of the year. Yeah. He so... may only start playing the South American and Europe swing. Which you want he wanted to go to South play. America,
0: he'll play Barcelona. and He'll
1: uh... play He'll play Monte Carlo, Barcelona, Rome, and then he'll show up at the French Open at 38 years
0: old and win straight sets every match. Yeah. I could see it yeah Well, um, interesting stuff this tournament's looking pretty good. I think we're gonna have some good matches the rest of this week. I'm pumped that we're finally getting some
1: some it's not so monotonous.
0: Also there's some fans in the fans. crowd this week in Madrid. The world is slowly returning back to normal. If you're in sunny South Florida like we are, it's been normal but we're spoiled. Yeah so uh, anyways, like I've said before, do follow Donna Beckage. Very hot. My favorite. Uh, you know, if uh, any of you guys uh, want to hit us up on Instagram, uh, we are at Drunken and, Tennis. At Drunken and Tennis. And also at Drunken Tennis Bracket Challenge, where I post pictures of brackets we fill out and how we do.
1: And I think I touched on it maybe in episode three or four. We are going to start um, doing challenges, you know, once, you know, provided we get. Give- more viewers and this and that. I think we're going to start challenging you all, our listeners, to... We're going to bring you all into the bracket challenge. And there even could be some monetary uh, rewards if, if you all are are better than we are. For those
0: listening, yeah, we would love to, uh, to start... A, you know a bucket uh basically a pot of yeah. everyone put in five ten twenty dollars everyone put in that whatever amount. you're willing to wager and uh basically whoever does the best uh of that bracket challenge you know gets gets 98 95 of the pot you know, yeah or 100 percent of the pot you know whatever right. it is uh you know we are looking to do that uh hopefully website coming in the near future as well yep. um we're going to start being a lot more
1: active on uh, on Instagram, Twitter. If you don't follow us on on Twitter, it's at Drunken Tennis, same as, as it is on uh, Instagram. We're going to start being a lot more active. We're going to make it a very interactive as far as what we do with the draws, um, our picks, what you all think. Um, and then if you all also have any questions for, or things that you want us to talk about, uh, do please, let, please let us know. We can easily add that into... Uh, our agenda and I feel like I would be remiss if I did not mention that Benoit Hare won a tennis match.
0: He was seven straight losses. I'd never seen him get so pumped up ever in his life yeah. when he won that match against Bashelos who just won. And last week I for I, me I it was the fans and I That been video scared. of him with the fans was epic. Unbelievable. If y'all haven't seen it, gotta watch and it. And listen, as a former tennis coach,
1: you know, the tanking, the you know, the the antics on court. I hate it. I hate that stuff. I, I think these guys a lot of times need to grow up. But I also realize there is a place in tennis for these personalities, the curioses, well, even the, the, looks, the They're not underhand serves. They're not robots, you know? Would I teach robots. it? Probably not, but I, I think it's amazing for tennis. We need to reach people with different demographics, different walks of life, and guys like Benoit. He's easy to hate. But a lot I of love people him. like him. A lot of people like I him. love him.
0: I've always liked him. Had a few drinks with him one time at Delray Beach. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a lunatic. Yeah, he, everyone says if they go out each week, if you ask almost every player in tour, they say, who would you go out with? It was, we'd go out to Ben Mappé. He knows all the great places. Great, fun guy. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's the fun guy of the league. Uh, there's a couple others. We'll, we'll expand on that. Arguably. I've had a few, had a few shots the biggest, with some people. Um, arguably
1: the biggest ladies' man. That has ever existed on the tour, and Bjorn Borg's up Dimitra, there. People forget Dimitrov's up there. Dimitrov's a
0: beautiful man. Well, he, uh, he you know, he, you know, he, he got he, he got, gets, he, got what he got with Sharapova gets, and Serena. You know, not the, you know, not. He gets he gets you know he he yeah. gets some of the stars. He gets far with his,
1: far with his looks. I, you know, Benoit Benoit's a good-looking guy, but I think he he just like people he's are got enamored. The swag. He's got the swag. People are enamored by him. It. It's the fucking platinum hair. It's he's nuts. I'm an by it. I
0: don't like the way he plays tennis, but fuck, I can't stop paying attention to him. <laughs> well, I think we will stop at that. Uh, we will see you guys soon. We will be talking about uh, the later part of this tournament, hopefully. Uh, otherwise, see you guys next time. Goodbye.